If you like the work that we produce on this show, support the show and get access to extra content and more at patreon.com backslash Fred Opie show. Live from our studio in Babson Park, Massachusetts, it's the Fred Opie show where we unpack history to positively impact the future. I am Fred Opie, your host. Thanks for joining us live or listening to the podcast. The following are excerpts and a Q&A from a book talk I gave at the Schomburg Center for Research in Black Culture in Harlem. Part of the center's series, Conversations in Black Freedom Studies, curated by Janine Theo Harris and Kamozi Woodward. What I shared is based on my book, Upsetting the Apple Cart. Black and Latino coalitions in New York City from protest to public office. Uh, During the 1950s and before that time period, it was legal for for public hospital workers to organize, but not for private hospitals. So if you're in a private hospital, you actually couldn't organize. And one of the things you see is you see people like Joseph Maserat, uh, Malcolm X, first time ever participating in a labor strike, come together around uh, these shared group of largely black and Latino workers. When I say black workers, many of them came from the Caribbean. Some of them came from the from the Deep South. In the case of uh, Latino workers, uh, the majority of those came from Puerto Rico, but you also did have uh, some come from other parts of Latin America. A small percentage of Cubans were in uh, New York at that time, but many of them, their politics were much more conservative, much more aligned with the Catholic Church than with the Puerto Rican workers. So it was a difference there. But you see Joseph Maserat actually showing up along with Baynard Rustin, the person that he worked for, A. Philip Randolph. They were all involved in this strike, a time in Maserat's life where he did show a bit of militancy. So when I, when I look at food and social movements, I'll give you an example from uh, the chapters. If you look at that strike that happened in 1199, uh, the organizing those workers and the strikes that try to uh, force the owners of those hospitals, those privately held hospitals, to recognize them and collective bargaining, you will see labor uh, unions across the city as well as outside the city sending support to those workers from 1954, 1955, all the way to 1962 when they're organized and they're recognized as a union. What kind of support is sent? Well, it's, it's two requests that come from 1199 organizers. So you have people like Mo Foner, Eric Foner's uh, uncle, involved in that. They're asking for money and they're asking for food. That's critical to any movement. You have to have money. And most of the money went to, to paying for rent for those people out on strike and food. Actually, uh, warehouses stocked with food put into bags and handed out to those workers. Hot food that's given to workers as they come off the picket line so they can have some nourishment in the body so they can go out and continue to picket during very cold New York winters. So, I mean, this is, this is very concrete things I'm telling you about. One of the things you see with 11 1199 organizers in, in, in the 1950s is having these home meetings to convince workers to sign a union card. And those meetings were often done in the home of a worker who has a reputation not only as knowing both black and Latinos, but also as a great cook. So a lot of those meals actually happen around that. That's it for this edition of the Fred Opie Show. Thank you for joining us. Check out the show archive at fredopiespeaks.com, as well as our books and other content. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.
Check out our show notes where you'll find a way to subscribe to our podcast, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. You'll find links to books discussed on the show, links to our YouTube channel where you can watch the show. If you want to know more about what I'm doing, go to fredopi.com, which is my website. You can see information on the books I've published. There are two blogs that I host there, both a food and an athlete's blog, and there's both a food and an athlete's podcast. The whole archive to both those two podcasts are there. At the bottom of the podcast page, I have links to interviews that I have listened to on other people's podcasts that I would, would recommend to you. 